Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Okay, this message is about hearing the voice of God made simple. I I preached a a little bit of it this morning. I want to finish it off tonight. I I gave the church this morning some theology, some broccoli, uh, some vegetables. Who's into Swede, broccoli? uh, You you can handle that, Jason. Swede, broccoli, cabbage. You you like cabbage? Put up your hands if you like cabbage. I don't see a lot of hands. Uh, put up your hands if you... That's great. That's great. That's great, Hayley. Um, listen, put up your hands if you like Swede. Put up your hands if you like Swede. Yeah, I've just seen a couple of hands there on that one. I thought so. Put up your hands if you like pumpkin. Oh, pumpkin, yeah. Pumpkin's awesome. Awesome stuff. I've got to dole out some veggies tonight, which is a little bit of some theology, uh, helping you understand what, um, what you got yourself into What's happened to you if you're born again? Put up your hands if you're born again. And, and I need to, I need 30%, okay? We need to get the rest saved tonight. Um, is that a problem? Who's, who's born again in the house? Okay, half, 50. I need to get 50% saved. I'm getting, it's getting better. Um, and, and what happens when you get saved out of being a natural person um, Man, something revolutionary happened. So I, I might as well ditch this. I, I gave some Old Testament um, theology this morning. I'll give some New Testament theology tonight. And uh, just to help everyone in the house, I think it's our last go at hearing the voice of God. So I just want to try and finish up with four easy ways to, to hear God right at the end of this message. Can you, can you just bear with me for a little minute while I just set the tone? And, and give you some scripture, and you do well to take some notes. Probably the natural man is unregen- unregenerate, and, and that means that means he has not allowed God's Holy Spirit to regenerate his spirit. His okay, so we're spirit, soul, and body. We're soul, mind, will, emotions, but we're spirit. That's the eternal part of us. That's the part of us that goes into eternity, this way or that way. Who wants to go to heaven? Who wants to go to hell? Great. No hands for that. Praise God. So the eternal part of you is destined. It's appointed unto man to die once, once only, and then to judgment. God has set eternity in the hearts of all the people on the planet. The natural man is unregenerate without Christ, governed by natural instincts. 2 Peter 2.12 I'm not going to read the whole scripture because it's, it's terrible. It's, a, it's an ugly description of what can happen to mankind when they just become like brutes. Beasts, it actually say. They are like brutes, beasts. Say beasts, ladies. Beast, you're a beast. <laughs> Creatures of instinct, born only to be caught. And anyway, it goes on and just... So basically almost like animals. I mean, they can be dignified versions, but basically not having the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 9. 
You who, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the, by the Spirit. Uh, if the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So I want to make a distinction here in this little, little discourse of uh, some teaching here about the difference between having the Holy Spirit, and I just love singing about the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand, guys, you have this gift of the Holy Spirit. It's within you. Sometimes it just ends up like a little pilot light. Just like a little pilot light. Those burners, those heaters there, they actually, when you first turn them on, there's a little pilot light. And then when you really turn them on, heat, warmth. But actually, we could turn that down. And can we just turn one of them down now? Just as a demonstration. Turn it down to the pilot light. So this lamp got saved tonight. It's got a little pilot light of the Holy Spirit. It came to the altar by faith, surrender, surrender its life to Jesus. And, uh, and it's just a little pilot light. There it is. Is that enough? Is that, is that, that's not, the, the, it's nearly, yeah. You can go down further. But now what happens, and just keep looking at that lamp. Now, if what happens, you can get saved. You could end up just with that little pilot light there. It's nice. You're going to heaven. You know Jesus. That's great. But um, actually, if you get real serious about falling in love with Jesus, knowing Him personally, He does truly, ultimately want to know you personally. He wants to share His great love for you, with you. Ultimately, that's what Jesus is trying to do for you 24-7, trying to share His great love for you. Now, when that begins to happen, your heart and your spirit becomes even more alive and it starts, yeah, and then... Then you start to get inflamed with God. I don't know why it's going up and down. He's, he's a troubled soul. He's going, oh. And then, bang! Yeah, thanks, Mark. You got it going. And then, bang! You, you, you're just fully illuminated to God. You're alive to God. The gifts of the Spirit are flowing. You become a vessel. You be just coming like a walking testimony of what it is to be born again. Um, but like I say, um, you can just have that reduced... Um, the spiritual man is, is another version, spiritual man or woman, that's you, I hope, 1 Corinthians 2.14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. A lot of this stuff is spiritually discerned by the heart. I want to talk a little bit about the heart and you know what has happened to the revolution that has actually happened within our heart 1 corinthians 2 15 the spiritual man that you makes judgments about all things but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment so basically what happens our spirit becomes regenerated by the holy spirit the holy spirit comes you come to the altar if you did that or when you got saved and by faith the holy spirit comes like a dove but it comes and it lights up your spirit. Your spirit becomes brand new and connected to God. And now you are a spiritual person. 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? So, you know, your purposes are deep within you. I said yesterday at the men's um, breakfast. And a man of understanding draws them out. Meaning Jesus... And the ministry draws that purpose out. A lot of people get stuck. What am I really to do? How am I so special? Tell me. 
I'm just living like a housewife. I'm just going to work. I'm just a student. I'm just, you know, the boilermaker. I'm just whatever. But no, you are special. Now, to draw that out, you might need to do something like what Jason did. He's at Bible college. And he wants to ultimately know what he's created to do. He's got an inkling intuitively because he's born again. And the Holy Spirit is stirring him to the fact that you are special, that you're not called to just live a normal life, but something so special that you need to know from God himself, because man could not persuade you alone, but you need to know from God what you're born for. And I think everyone needs that, not just Jason. Give the Lord a hand. Everyone needs that. And again, 1 Corinthians 2.11, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man? except the man's spirit within him. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the the Spirit, uh, 12, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. You've received the Spirit from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. So when we're preaching here, when we're speaking, and when we're testifying, and when we're sharing God's love, it is by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. It's not mere words. It's just not mere carnal words. It's Spirit-filled words. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Romans 8, 8, 4. We live by the Spirit, of course, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Did I say that right? In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, we do not live according to the sinful nature. Say sinful nature. We don't have to live like that anymore, but according to the Spirit. It's a powerful thing when you can live by the empowering presence of God. Romans 8, 4 says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And that's where we begin to hear the voice of God. 8, 6, the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and death. 7, the sinful man is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 8, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. Say, Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, does it live in you? If you're saved, it does. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. That's what salvation is all about. Leaven. And if, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, say life, to your mortal bodies through His Spirit. Say His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. It's an obligation. Jesus paid a massive price for your life to live righteously and to be an example of His sacrifice. You have an obligation. Say obligation. But it is not to the sinful nature. Sorry, buddy. 
I have an obligation. I can't go around in stolen cars tonight and get drunk. I have an obligation to be an example for Jesus. So it's a bit like that. Um, and if the Spirit... Uh, here we go. But, but it is not to the sinful nature, but to live according to, live according to it. 13. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You'll die, you'll live. Verse 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And we got lots of sons and daughters of God in this house. I love this church, Jules. I love this church. It's, man, it's just got so many Spirit-filled, spirit filled, spirit led people. I just love it. 15, for, uh, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So a lot of this crying out and worshiping and letting our spirit worship God is about our spirit just crying out for God to, to worship him and really uh, exalt him and honor him. And, and it's your spirit inside that wants you to do that. You've got to be pushing back a lot to stop your spirit worshipping God. You've got to be doing your darndest. You've got to be really pushing back. No, we're not going to worship God tonight. Uh, we're not going to do that. We're going we're to just do what we want to do. But once you let your spirit go, oh man, you just, you just get caught up in this spiritual realm. And it's awesome. For you do not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You'll just know for sure when this starts to happen on the inside, you will know that you're God's child. And I think we all want that. Am I really God's child? Am I unique? Men and women, we all need to know that Father God loves us, cherishes us. And if you don't start to get that, it really starts to almost bring you undone i think 17 now if we are children there were heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ this is where we start to feel like we're royalty that we deserve to be blessed that we deserve a smile on our face that we deserve uh some of the comforts of life even that we deserve to be blessed to be a blessing you start to realize that because you're a son of god now if we are children then we're heirs verse 17 says heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share any sufferings and all of that, we may also share in His glory. Praise God. It's a precious thing. It's a, the Holy Spirit within you is precious. 2 Peter 1.14. It's a lot of scripture, but this will set you up for life. 2 Peter 1.4 says, Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate, say participate, in the divine nature. You want to participate with this divine nature within you and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Of course, Jesus said, John uh, 3, 3, I, I think it says in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. There is one major requirement, of course. And Jesus says it like this, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Verse 5, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. And 7 says, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And of course, in that Romans 12, 2, once you are born again, once you start to 
appropriate the word of God to your mind and to your life. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, here it is. I've said all that to say this. Now, this is a bombshell right here. I want to announce this. This is it. You are a new creation. The old is gone. You are, are, um, I said it this morning like this, you are Mac 2, the Mark 1 version of Ollie is no more. You've been rebuilt because you got saved. This is Mark 2 version with a new improved heart. God's taken out the stony heart. He's put a heart of flesh in. Now you're predisposed to hear God, know God, and God can get to you. Not just your mind, because God's spirit connects with our spirit. It's not so much our brain to his brain, our mouth to his ears. It's all about his spirit to our spirit. Because his heart has been revolutionized by the cross of Calvary. Jesus said, I've paid a massive price for each one of you to know me personally. Not just in here, not just by theology and some you know, belief system. No. He says, that's great. That'll help you to me. Ultimately, you need to arrive to me. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, says this, and we lived on this scripture when we first started to come to church in the, we heard it in just about in every sermon, I think, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The old is gone, the new has come. Um, it's, a, it's, it's just a complete overhaul of one's life because of their heart now has been circumcised, their spirit's been regenerated, and now they stand in righteousness in Christ. Now they are totally open to God to be propositioned by him, spoken by, from, spoken by him, and we now can be led intuitively by his spirit. We can go the way of the spirit rather than just fighting it out in the flesh, in life, doing our darndest, trying to work out with the rationale of our mind and just our brawn and guts and determination. You don't have to do that. You can be led by the spirit. You can know that you know that you can know that this is the car to buy, not that one. You can know that you know you're going to, that's the house that you should buy, not that one. That this is the wife or the future wife that you should marry and maybe not someone else. Or this is the future husband that you need to marry, not this one. But you need to hear that because hardly anyone can tell you any different. And the saints say, love this stuff. So I've done that. That didn't hurt too much, did it? That's your broccoli and vegetables. And Come on. Hearing the voice of God, how much longer have I got? Say 10 minutes. John 10, 27 says, I sh my sheep hear my voice. We've quoted that. We've quoted that. 1 John 3, 1, 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. He, man, he wants to lavish, lavish so much love on Cassie. I remember waking up when I was about, I don't know what happened to my, this was, this was just unimaginable, but I think I woke up when I was about five years of age to a Christmas day and my dad, I think I was the only child at that time, he went burka. And I'm telling you, it was like, there was presents all across the lounge room floor. I went, wow, so this is Christmas, wow, this is awesome, where do I start? And it's like God, he wants to lavish you with that sort of love. I don't deserve this. What do I, did I, what did I do? But you need to have that lavished love. Some people are impoverished because they still don't accept the fact that Jesus Christ died for each and every one of you personally. And he would do it if it was just you on the planet. He loves you entirely, dearly, wonderfully, magnificently. His love, you would just melt if he could just stand before you and just look into your eyes. I could see Jesus looking into Marty's eyes and just Marty go, I had no idea. I had no idea God loved me so much. We all need that. We all need that. Ah, Jesus. Okay, moving along quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay, thank you, Jesus. You're giving me strength to do this. First uh, Corinthians two nine. Sorry, multimedia people, I'm jerking you around tonight, but I've got eight minutes to go. First Corinthians two nine to ten tells us. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. It's your spirit that needs to receive most of the revelation from God. You can read your Bible. You can read it. You can read it. You can go to Bible college. But there is a lot of revelation that you need to receive by your spirit. You know, I can get it in here, get it in here, get it in here. But you have to receive it in your spirit. That's where you need to make time for God and allow God to get to you. And we do, all of us, put walls up and stuff and, and, and we have misgivings and we're hurt and we've been all hurt somehow. And, but you, you can't do that to God all the time. You've got to be risky enough to say, God, prove your love to me. Share this lavish love that you have for me. I'm willing. I have the capacity to be impressed upon by your spirit. Do it tonight in the worship. Would you do it tonight in C3? And as you do, sometimes people have a full-blown encounter with God and the tears are rolling down their eyes. Who's ever had that happen to them? You're just going, okay, well, boy, you know, I feel like staying in my, my depression, my, my hurt, but you know what? I'm going to take a risk on this God. And as you do, he says, thank you that you trust me. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, and then you start to realize, oh my God, he does care. He does love me. We hear his voice within our hearts. We are led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14. We said that. And uh, Luke uh, 24, 32. 
I love this scripture. They asked each other, I think this is the road to Amimaeus, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? This is about a story of after Jesus was crucified, he's, he's risen now and he's walking along the road and he sees two disciples and he pulls up beside them and he starts shooting the breeze with them and they go, man, who is this guy anyway, you know? Man, our hearts are just burning, man. We just feel like, wow, you know, and it says here, weren't our hearts burning you know our hearts should be being prompted by the holy ghost you know this shouldn't be boring church our hearts should be impressed upon and moved by god and and we should come out of a a time in god in a time under the preaching of the word by saying man you know what i my, my heart's burning for god now and i feel like i can do all things in christ who strengthens me John 5.39, we must receive the caution Jesus gave in John 5.39 to 40. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said. John 5.14 says, yet you refuse or you're unwilling, another version says, to come to me to have life. It's not entirely profitable just to be in the scriptures all the time. They say some theologians got revived in the 90s when the revival, the move of God went through the planet. There were, revi- there were theologians that oh, could expand, expound on the word of God so much that they had actually brought themselves to a place of rationalizing who God was. They no longer believed in the sweet presence of God, in the Holy Spirit. And some were revived in those days and wept their way back through a backslidden state. Could you imagine a theologian backslidden? But it can happen. That happened for a lot of us, Jules. We wept our way out of the comfort or out of this whole uh, comfort zone of living in God. Julie and Phil with the three lovely kids coming to church every Sunday. Just this lovely family, the golden family they would call us. But we were dry. And I was thinking to myself, I didn't bring, I didn't bring my family to this. I, 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 I need to hear God. I, I, need to, I need to know that God does love me that he does think I'm special and my children. And that's when the revival came and we met Jesus when love came to town. Love that song, you too, don't you? How about this? In Exodus 15, 26, he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, I'm talking about the voice of the Lord. If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the disease I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Listen, I'm not saying do away without the Bible. You've got to have the Bible. You've got to have the Word, but you've got to come to Jesus as much as you come to the Word. You've got to come to the Word and then come to Jesus, but you've got to come to the Word, through the Word, to Jesus. You've got to come to the worship and worship. But we don't worship the worship. We don't worship the music. We worship Jesus. Amen. We come to church, but we don't come to a building. We lift holy hands to the King. Our, our, our expression is going through the roof. 
It transcends time and space. And we worship the living God who is alive right now. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. I'm nearly done. Do you love this? God is transmitting 24-7. You just got to receive it. You just got to receive it. I'm moving quickly. Moving. Mark Vickler testifies. He's a man of God. He's in the 70s. He's been to major Bible college. Became an ordained pastor. Prayed and fasted. Obeyed the Lord's commands to the best of his ability. Questioned people who professed to hear from God. Typical answer he found from people. You know that you know that you know. Well, that didn't help me because I didn't know. (laughs) And that is why I was asking them that I could not hear him, see him, or feel him. Yet I was taught and believed that I had a relationship with him. He states here, if I was married to someone I could not hear, see, or feel, I would be quite disappointed in my marriage relationship. It appears to me that my relationship with Jesus was rather thin. It sure seemed more like theology about Jesus than a relationship with him. And I will state the four simple keys that he found through a journey, a two-year journey. This was a major man of God heading up a church, knew the Bible, grew up in church, but he got to a place where he says, there's got to be more. I've got to hear God. I need vision. I need to hear what he, what he wants for me and where he wants our church to be. I need to hear God. He says he was woken up one morning and he found this scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. This is all I'll say. Four keys. I haven't got time to expand on them. And this is how God led him through. Now, Habakkuk was a prophet. He was deeply distressed about the situation about the planet. Are we distressed about some of the news, the Batman premiere in, unfortunately, America? I think that was Bree's hometown. Is Bree here tonight? Is she Colorado? And uh, I know she's deeply cut about that. I, I'm really grieved about the guys that are getting king hit, like that poor young man in King's Cross. I'm grieved about that. I'm really grieved. Do you get grieved about certain things? You will as a Christian. You know you will eventually. Habakkuk was a prophet that was grieved about the situation. I need to hear from God about what he thinks about this situation. This is the key. The four keys that happen. Habakkuk 2.1 says, I will stand at my watch. Stillness. Quiet yourself so that you can hear God's voice and station myself at the ramparts and I will look to see vision. He began to see. He began to see. So when we're trying to hear from God, begin to really envision with your mind's eye, with, with, with your, the mind of your heart, so to speak, as Ephesians says, there's, a, there, there's, a, there's, there's the eyes of your heart that can actually see. I, I see that King's Cross boy being clouded and I see him falling to the, to the pavement. I see that madman in that cinema taking out those people and shooting a three-month three or four-month-old baby in the back. You've you got to see some of this stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry to have to quote that, but sometimes we've got to see 
to really buy into the, the situation. And I will look to see what He will say to me. Spontaneity is the third key. First one was stillness. Second one was vision. Third one was spontaneity. Recognizing God's voice as a spontaneous thoughts that light upon your mind. Then the Lord said, now you've seen Habakkuk. Write down the revelation. Make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Write down the flow of thoughts and pictures that God gives you, my friend. Write it down. Journal. Ladies, you can do this easy, I know. Who, who, who writes down? Who writes down? Yeah, Bridget. Yeah, put up your hand. I just got to know. I just got to know. Yeah, sir. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I must be a caveman. I, I just... That's all I wanted to say tonight. So thankful, Jesus, I got that out, that message. Still yourself going. And here's the other thing the Lord was saying to me this afternoon. Young people, still yourself just for a moment in a day to hear from God. Now, I listen to, I actually go bushwalking and prayer walking with my iPod worship music in. But you, you got to, you, I find at times I've got to take those things out and then hear from God. Turn the TV off. Turn the phone down. Turn the TV down. Turn life down and begin to hear. And God will impress upon your heart. His lavish love will start to flow to your body, to your life. You will start to be impressed upon by thoughts, thoughts, thoughts and impressions. That's how God speaks to you. It's hardly ever an audible voice, by the way, unless he wants to use you to save all of while. <laughs> you know, Cameron, this is the Lord. I want you to stand in the gap for the central coast. 310,000 of my people that need to hear my son's love. I mean, that can happen. And that's what happens in the Bible. But usually it's impressions and thoughts that are coming to you. Write them down. Journal them in the morning, usually when the airways are clear. Why do people get up early in the morning? Because the airways are clear. There's not much disturbance. There's seemingly from 4 o'clock to about 6 o'clock a window of grace. Phil Pringle gets up at 4 o'clock every morning. He walks the beach and he's downloading. Somehow he's able to, you know, you know when your phone, especially when you're on Optus, that you can't get through and you... And you, 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 and it blocks, you know, it cuts out, and it's all stand. God bless you. And and of course, you've got to get reception. God's transmitting 24/7. God wants to lead you, guide you. Spontaneous thoughts, intuitiveness of your heart, hearing God. Write it down, please. Get still. See with vision. Write it down. Spontaneous thoughts coming to you. God spoke to me on a 12-story building when I was steel fixing. I had a lump of metal on my shoulder. I was walking across a girder girder like this. This is before the church started and God was propositioning me to become a minister. And I was walking across the girder in Chippendale, 12 stories up, walking across a a steel beam and and God apprehended me and I knew it was Him and I just had to stop. And I had this piece of of girder on my shoulder and and I just had to stop and hear what He was saying. And, And as He was speaking to me, I could feel the consolidation of all the thoughts and all the impressions that he'd been giving me for months even. And right there on top of this building, perched precariously on this 
tall piece of steel. I could hear God and I'm stuck there and I can't move and I'm just thinking, God, not now, not now. What's people thinking? Don't, don't worry about what people think. I was stuck there for about, I think, no more than two minutes. But God had apprehended me and he spoke to me and that was the start of launching our family into ministry some 16 years ago. Father, right now, I just pray for everyone in the house. Thank you, Father God, that we hear your voice through impressions, through thoughts that you speak to us, guide us, lead us, comfort us, anoint us, bless us all the days of our life. I pray that you would. Thank you for this church that hears the voice of God. You love each and every one of them. I know that you do, dear God. So, Father, with eyes closed, everyone in the house, if you're unsure of your salvation, if you're unsure that you can hear God and you're unsure that you have been saved and regenerated by the Holy Spirit, that you have a new heart to receive God. And I talked about the Holy Spirit like a pilot light. But if that's you, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit into your heart, I want to pray for you very quickly. I want to pray for you right now, here and now. I want to pray for you. If that's you, just lift your hands up right now. If that's your friend next to you, just whisper to them right now, is this you? You can receive a prayer of salvation from the front to the back to this side to this side. Father in heaven, right now. Okay, here it is. Lift up your hands like this. Father, from this night on, I give you permission to speak into my heart. I give you permission to speak into my heart. Lord, I allow you to spontaneously speak even when I'm busy even when I'm working even when I'm busy even when I'm mad sad bad Lord God I pray that you would speak to me right now let's lift that music right now just for a few moments let it consolidate you into hearing God's voice for all the days of your life from here on in you won't do mere religion you won't be bored with God you'll hear God he will lead you he will guide you sons of God the Bible says you are sons of God led by the Spirit. Father in heaven, let this church see with vision and hear through vision what God is saying to our families, our children, our marriages, our finances. Lord, we need to hear a word. Just one word can turn a marriage around. Just one living word can heal a person. Just one word can turn a whole situation around. We need to hear your word unto our lives. Just cry out for that right now for a few moments. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talga.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.